Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of The Lash Tribe Show. My name is Julia Mann and I'm the owner and founder of Lash Tribe. We help create successful and fully booked lash artists all over the world with the help of our online and in-person training programs that get you proven results. And in today's episode of The Lash Tribe Show, I am welcoming a very special guest who I have known for quite a few years now due to some mutual friends and due to a mastermind I'm actually in that he runs every single year, Kim Barrett. Kim owns a marketing agency called Your Social Voice and has helped me personally also grow my business via social media, helped me a lot with marketing tips and sales strategies. And through the mastermind that I am in, I have also gotten to know a lot of the bigger people in the business that are really, really successful in marketing and sales. Kim also has a podcast called The Kim Barrett Show. And this is kind of why I started The Lash Tribe Show because I just saw how just how successful his podcast was and how many people he could reach with it with the right marketing strategies. We are actually going to go a little bit more techy today, talking about funnels and how they are set up and how they work and why a business that wants to create some kind of leads, which means um, you're trying to get more customers into the door that you haven't had before that you want to sell some things to or at least get the information from how you can market to them and how you can build this thing called a funnel. This is probably something you have already heard about um, and you're not quite sure how it actually works. So we're breaking that down quite simply for you today. Kim also shares quite a lot of wisdom and lots of gold nuggets with us in terms of Facebook ads and Instagram and how everything is running and why people are actually clicking on a certain ad and not others. So if you would like to learn more about how to run ads successfully to actually get people into the door or get booking with you, then stay tuned. You don't really need any of the crazy sophisticated ways because you only have one objective, which is engage with my killer offer and then buy my killer offer, hopefully. But most people in the online world, when it comes to facial ads, they think it's about what button to click. They think it's about, um, do I do this and select this type of ad? Or do I boost it or do I not boost it? Do I do this or that? And that's not the case. The case is, I am here with Kim Barrett. Hi, Kim. Hey, how are you? I'm great. Thank you for coming on with me. So um, I've already spoken about you being the head of your social voice and you also have the Kim Barrett show. But what would your parents say that you do if they explained it to someone? My parents would probably definitely get it wrong. My mum would probably say that I work at Facebook. Uh, and my dad would say I do something with computers because uh, <laughs> uh, sometimes it's hard for them to grasp uh, being that you know the industry that I'm in is like it, even when I went to university it didn't even exist so I graduated like oh, nine years ago now and the industry that we're in which is like Facebook advertising didn't even exist um, and neither did much of social media so uh, yeah my parents probably couldn't uh, adequately articulate my dad maybe my dad's like you want more business my son can get you more business and that's about all he would say that's awesome so if you were to explain it to someone else a little bit more in depth what do you do with your social voice how did you how did you get started with it yeah well i mean so normally i would say something along the lines like we help 
experts, business owners, service providers to be able to generate more leads, inquiries and sales using social media. And then normally they'd be like, what sort of social media stuff? And that specifically online advertising using Facebook and Instagram and soon to be hopefully YouTube once we cracked it on that as well is going to be a goal of ours. But um, it all started and, you know, I work with a lot of people now and uh, if I was giving myself advice, um, my, what I was doing in the past would have sucked because I didn't have anyone to get advice from. So I would always, I always say like, when I say this, I'm not saying you should do this, but this is the way I did it. And it was probably the wrong way. So I was doing, um, helping people build websites, helping people with social media, a range of different stuff, just little bits and pieces on the side. Um, and then when my, my sister and I built a, um, a house and sold it after the last financial crisis, that happened and um our real estate agent was like oh like where um you know they were just chatting and i was like oh do you guys do any social media stuff this is probably 2012 i'm gonna say um and then they're like oh no we don't really know much about it and i was like oh i can if you wanted to i could uh, help you guys out i've just started um, doing social media social media ads for people and so i'm um, in the process of them selling our house i ended up signing them up as one of my very first clients and that's when I started playing more with um, online marketing and, and social media and then uh, managed to start working with my now brother-in-law um, in, uh, and helping his company use social media to, to grow. So in the first year, that went from like zero to a million dollars in nine months in sales. Um, and that was all through Facebook ads. Like everything else kind of pretty much sucked and I didn't know how to do anything else. So it was just like Facebook ads. Um, get people to rock up to an event at an event. It was a free event. They would offer them a product or service and then they would buy from there. So it was um, pretty crazy. And that was like my year of apprenticeship really where it's like, cool. Didn't get paid a whole lot, but um, I had a whole lot of ad spend. It was pretty much like I could spend whatever I wanted on ads as long as they would get in the result. So that's where I got a lot of my, cut a lot of my teeth is in just, yeah, just going crazy, going hard on, uh, on ads in that period. Yeah, and then today you're helping multiple types of businesses. I mean, you guys are helping me as well. I'm in your mastermind too, the Mogul Mastermind, which is amazing, second year in a row now. Great community. I'm happy for you to plug it a little bit at the end as well. <laughs> um, but I have, yeah, I've personally learned a lot about Facebook marketing. And I mean, I've been studying it for quite a few years now. You have been, you're learning about it for much, much longer than what I have. But just to some Facebook ads up in a nutshell for someone who has never done it at all and they want to reach more people, whether they have a beauty salon, whether they are a coach like myself and want to reach people to buy their products or services, where do they even start? How does it all work? It's a great question. And look, most people, um, the only reason why they ever think that Facebook ads won't work or they try them and it doesn't work for them, which does happen. Like, I'm not going to tell you that it's a magical pill and then it will solve every problem you have in your business when it comes to marketing. Like it, it is hard to master, but I always liken it to three principles and I call it the NOC method, which is your niche, your offer and your copy. If you spend a ton of time knowing who you want to work with. So if you're a good beauty salon, maybe it's a particular product or a service that you want to provide to a particular person, you need to get clear on that. And now a lot of people, sometimes when I say this, they freak out and they're like, Kim, but what if someone else comes in and they're not in that audience? And like, are you saying that I can only sell to those people? And I'm like, no, no, no. Whenever you run a marketing campaign, you need to go through this process. I'm not saying that if a guy comes into your salon uh, or it comes in for a treatment, like you don't serve him. I'm saying that when you put a marketing message together, 
be specific. So have a specific niche you want to talk to, have a specific offer, have something that you're giving of value, which is going to be the exchange, whether that be them purchasing something or registering to speak to you if you're a coach, whatever that might be. And then use the right words when it comes to copy or copywriting, which is salesmanship in print to bring that all together. So if you know you have one specific person you're talking to with a specific offer and you can articulate it in a way where they go, hey, this person knows me, then you're going to win. But most people in the online world, when it comes to facial cards, they think it's about what button to click. They think it's about, um, do I do this and select this type of ad? Or do I boost it or do I not boost it? Do I do this or that? And that's not the case. The case is know your niche, know your offer, know how you're going to articulate it to them then you will win. doesn't matter if you do it on Facebook, on a billboard, on TV or radio, you will win. But you have to get that right first. And most people just go and chuck something up or they just hit boost in a post. It's like, well, if you were about to run that as a TV ad or a radio ad or send out 10,000 letters into someone's mailbox, you would give it a much different level of value. You would care about it much more if you, if you had that in consideration. And arguably, Facebook probably gives you better reach than any of those mediums. So I always say to people like slow down when it comes because everyone's like facial cats, boom, boom, boost post through this. It's like, whoa, whoa, slow down, do all your research, like understand what you're doing. Then from there, then you can escalate, then you can start running as, then you can start doing more things, but st just start with the fundamentals and basics, uh, which I know you do really well in teaching people um, in everything that you do as well in the coaching space. It's like, cool. You can't just go and be like, oh, I'm going to go from zero to a million in two seconds. It's like, you have to have your incremental steps and get the basis, right? Because otherwise what happens, the same as like, if you try and exploit a little hack that works for 10 seconds um, and, it, and it only is going to work for two weeks, when that hack goes away, you're screwed again. And it's like, oh, now I've got to find a new hack or a new thing to do. Versus if you just do really well the fundamentals and then you just layer everything on top of it, then it's like you have a much better foundation for success in your advertising and your business in, in, in any area. Yeah, I totally agree. Knowing your niche and knowing what they actually want and what they're looking for. What I get all the time is, Julia, it's too hard. It's too techy. That's why I'm not even going to attempt to write a Facebook ad. I don't know what I should put as like a creative. Talk me through a bit of the customer journey. You know, that you have your copy, which is the written word that sells. You have your picture or video, and then you have something that happens once people click on it. Tell me about that customer journey and what actually helps to help them make a buying decision or at least click on it. Exactly. And so from there, um, and this has been really well branded by a few particular companies, but from there, you can, you would essentially send them to a, what I will call a conversion point. Now for me, and there's a couple different ones. So for example, you have in Facebook, you can have what they call a lead form, which is just like a little form that pops up and captures their information. You can send them to messenger on Instagram. You can send them to your DMS, or you can send them to what a lot of people would call a funnel. Now, uh, when people use that word, like it can cause a lot of confusion. Um, and it's just, to be honest, some very good branding that a lot of people have done over the years and talking about a funnel. But if you imagine it also, if, you, if you've never heard that word before, as a mini website, which is that you go there, it's a website which has one key objective, not 10 key objectives, not like your normal website where you've got home services about team, employment, all the different things. It's got one key objective to do. And the reason why it's also structured like that is, and I always like to give an example of like, if you go into a grocery store, if you go into a grocery store and you're like, cool, milk and bread, that's all I've got to get, milk and bread. And then you go in and you walk around and then you come out and you've got like a watermelon, a pineapple, a, a block of chocolate and toilet paper. And you're like, you get home, you're like, 
ah, all I wanted was to get was milk and bread. So I was like, it's so confusing when you have too many options because then it's like, well, what option should I take? And ideally, and this was a, a great, um, not analogy, but uh, a great phrase around um, websites, many websites and using something like a funnel, for example, is that you want your customer have to, customer's brain to have to use as few calories as possible in knowing what you want to have happen. So if they see an ad, it's like, cool, here is Julia's coaching service. Click here to find out more information. I click there, on there, all that's there is Julia's coaching service. It's the same Julia that I saw on the ad, is on the landing page, is on the, is on the funnel. I'm not going, hang on, who's this person is completely different to what I clicked on. It's like, no, I clicked on the ad about Julia's coaching service. This page that I'm on says Julia's coaching service and I'm starting to read information about that. That is what we want to have happen. So we want it to be simple. We want it to be easy for people to understand what's going on and the fewer options that you give them on a page, the better. So none of those, all the tabs across the top with your home, everything, it's just simple, nice and easy. And that and that's the journey that you want them to start on. There's, and there's many more uh, parts which we can go into on that as well. But the, that's the first part is just making sure that it's congruent, it matches. I'm not going to have to try and become a rocket scientist to figure out how I got here from clicking on that Facebook ad or post that I saw over on social media. Yeah, great. So keep it simple and tell them exactly what they can expect. Now, what do people then do further on once they're on this, this landing page? Hmm. So you have a couple of options and it really depends about what your objective is. And that's why, as I say, all that time, all that preparation time you spend is what is going to make it so much easier for you to get all these things done and built. And it's like, ultimately, if you can left click and right click these days, you can do most of the stuff online. But the reason where people freak out is when they're in this too technical is because they go in and they don't know what the objective is. It's like when you go into the gym for the first time, if you've never been to a gym before and you go in and you're like, cool, I just want to get healthy and you look around and there's a thousand machines, you freak out. You go over and you start pulling on some things and moving it around and you're like, I think I worked out today. And then you walk on the treadmill for half an hour and you go home, right? And it's like, I went to the gym, but you don't know what they all do, but it's because you don't know what the objective is when you go in. So when you go into a landing page, a funnel, a mini website, whatever you want to call it, once you go onto that page, there's a couple of objectives that you might want to achieve. So um, some people might just want people to read content and information, which is cool, but that's really not what I want to focus on with you today because most of your people are either people that have got their own salons or people that have got their own um, treatment centers or potentially someone who's a coach like yourself. So the two versions that you might be thinking of is number one is having the ability for someone to purchase something from you. So making a purchase, which you can have on that page. So it might be something that's a relative, I would say cheap, but when I say cheap, it's not that it's a cheap product, but ideally you don't want to send someone to something for a thousand dollars straight from an ad because it's like, there's not enough trust. There's not enough rapport. There's not enough uh, information probably being portrayed to do that. So something that's maybe maximum of a few hundred dollars. Most of the time it will be something more in the under a hundred dollar range for that first interaction. So it might be a page that's selling that specific product or it could be a service as well. So let's just say, for example, I've got uh, new lashes, right? And let's just say that there's going to be a $99 special. I don't know if that's good or bad, but I'm just that's play good. on. Yeah, good. $99 special for new lashes, for new customers only. So on that page, someone can purchase, they can put in their credit card information. They can see that it's going through a credit card processor. It's all legit. You know, I'm not asking them to send money to my uncle in Nigeria or anything like that. It's like, Hey, Hey, over here, you, you will get and you'll be able to you know, book in for this product or service. 
or the other side is we might just be wanting to capture information, i.e. name, email, maybe phone number if we're someone who does phone calls. Um, and that would also work if you had a bit more high of a high ticket service. So let's just say I was doing a complete um, beauty transformation and makeover, which was gonna be several hundred dollars. Um, I'd probably capture their information and then speak to that person about it rather than trying to sell it on the page because it's gonna be a bit more effective um, and it's not going to cost you as much to get someone to do that. So I would just be looking at those two core options. So number one is someone can enter their details and make a purchase. And then number two, um, you can capture that information. And with each of those, there's like several steps that you can have after that as well, because that's point one. That's where most people start. But most of the time, you'll probably have anywhere from another two, three, even up to four steps after that initial page. Mm, that's like upselling, downselling. That gets a little bit more technical, right? But if someone just wants to get started, so basically just to sum it up, it's a Facebook ad. I want to talk a little bit more about how you can actually stand out so people stop scrolling. Number two is they click on the ad, they go to something called the landing page, which is just like a standalone website without any distractions. And then from there on, they click on either a payment button to buy the service or product, which shouldn't be too highly priced or they might sign up to contact you for further information. But either way, you're getting their details, right? That is the most important Correct. part. Yeah. Great. Now, let's talk about the Facebook ad. Now, let's think five years ago, it was a lot less crowded. These days, especially now 2020, a lot of people are jumping online. How do you actually still stand out in a crowd of or a sea of Let's talk about beauty salons, for example. We can talk about the coaching part a bit after that. Yeah, and for me, it still comes back to that original three-letter acronym of, of your niche offer and copy, right? Because what's happened is over time, Facebook and Instagram, like specifically, have gotten much more personalized rather than before. Like if you even probably go back two years, three years, if you think about it, you used to be able to scroll and probably get to the bottom of your feed. Yeah. You should be able to go through your friends and you would see pretty much everything. And if Julia posted something and I posted something, there's like a 99% likelihood that each of us saw that, right? We could see what every one of our friends are doing. Mm. Now, based on our interaction, based on our engagement, let's just say I have a friend over here, Peter as well, right? I probably won't see anything of Peter's because I don't interact with him. I'm still friends with him. I'm still connected to him, but I might not see any of his posts because Facebook's gone... Kim doesn't really interact with Peter. He doesn't send him much. He's always messaging back and forth with Julia. Let's show more of Julia's posts. So what happens is everything becomes completely personalized. So again, even though I might have a similar um, interest base to Julia, I might have a similar friendship base to Julia, my newsfeed is completely customized to me based on the actions I take in Messenger, based on the actions I take on my interaction with liking uh, posts and pages and commenting. So everything is individualized. So the first part that you have to keep in mind is that if you put out now what would be a generic, a general, a very broad looking ad, it's not going to hit the mark because everything else in my feed as I scroll through is customized to me. Most of the ads I see are customized to me, right? The things that I'm interested in, things that I'm um, engaging with and I'm liking. So as soon as something broad or general comes through, it's like, well, I miss it because it's like, well, everything else is like all the stuff is like ticking all the boxes. Then it's like something broad in general. It's like, mm, keep going. So number one is you do want to make sure that it's specific to the audience that you're talking about. 
Um, and then there's normally like, there's a couple of different ways that you can go when it comes to like, for example, just the look, because obviously the copy is one thing, but let's just say the look of the ad, you can either go in a positive direction, a negative direction, or you can go with, you know, something that I call thumb stop ability, which is like something that will break someone's day and it's like shock and it's like, oh, let's, let's have a look and it actually makes me stop because it's, it's something that shocks me. So a lot of people sometimes might even just run their normal ad and just put it in black and white or have one big splash of color or now that you can put more than 20% text, just a big block of text. Like there's a couple of guys at the moment that are, that are writing like their ad is just like, this is an ad. And it's like, and we'll teach you how to do them or something like that, right? That's what their ad is because you can have a big block of text over like a yellow background, which stands out. It's like, oh, stops you and you have a look at it. So positive is like the positive outcome of getting my, for example, back to the lashes example. What's the positive of me coming in? So it could be a photo of someone that's just had their lashes done, looking absolutely amazing. Running, for example, if I'm running an ad to, let's just say 30 to 40 year old women, then I would probably try and have my model to be a 30 to 40 year old woman, not a 20 year old, not a 60 year old, someone that fits that criteria that looks that with a, a good job on their lashes. Then the other side, the negative side could be showing someone who's had a very bad lash job or they've got a lash just like hanging on by the edge and it's kind of like fallen off the eye, right? Because it's like, hey, don't you don't want your lashes to look like this. That's why you've got to come in and, and see us. So you've got like a positive or the aspirational, then you've got the negative, which is like, cool, this is like the worst case scenario. And then you've got something in the middle, which is more so trying to grab their attention. And it's just like, you know, for example, like, hey, we do lashes as an ad on top of a big red banner would grab someone's attention, right? Because now you can run something that's more than 20% text. Facebook's re-allowed that, they blocked it. Now they've re-allowed it after like four years. That would grab attention. So they're the three areas that you would look at. And the, the marketer in me is always says, it's like, test those. I, mean, I can't tell you that, you know, a positive or a negative is always better or a, or a uh, one that jumps in, in the way and kind of um, grabs your attention is better. Like we've got at the moment, one of the ads that we've got running is um, a picture of the, and it's like, I, I didn't necessarily want to run it. I didn't know if it was going to cause issues with people um, of religious background, but there's a picture of like the last supper, right? Of And it's got, our whole team has recreated this, the standing of that. So we're all sitting there looking at our phones on there. So I was like, this could, maybe someone might take this as if we're, we're, we're causing offense, in which case we're not, but we just wanted to put something on that would grab someone's attention. Mm. We've also got a picture of me uh, with my face superimposed over the Terminator right? Where it's the Terminator and, and he's like, come with me if you want to live. And I'm like, come with me if you want leads and uh, things like that. So it's just something different to grab their attention. Yeah. So um, that's always something that we test. And then we test just, for example, like if we're giving someone a, uh, a download or we're going to have a call, then like we'll just have a basic picture of what the download is um, that they can see as well. And we always test all those things because never at any one point in time is one thing going to be the best. It's always just testing. I mean, that's, that's, you know, I always like to, to phrase those. You just always got to be testing. ABT, always be testing is my recommendation for everyone when it comes to your ads. Even if it's doing really well, you might be able to change one thing and it can do, you know, 1%, 5%, 10% better, which means you're either you're paying less money or you're getting less cust or you're getting more customers. How do you find Facebook and Instagram are working together? Because at the end of the day, Facebook owns Instagram, but it's still its own little 
world, especially a lot of my clients, they have mainly their businesses or they get their business via Instagram and not so much via Facebook. Does it work exactly the same way as it does on Facebook? Um, pretty much, yes, except you always want to remember the way in which you're communicating with people should be native to that platform. So for example, on Instagram, I might not go for one of the the really um, positive, negative, or like a, a thumb stopping type image for my ad. I might just record myself doing a story, being like, hey, I'm here in my salon today. Um, you know, like uh, look around here, we've got 10 spots to fill this month. If you want a $99 special, swipe up. And because if you run it as an ad, even if you have less than 10,000 followers, um, you can say swipe up and it gives them the option to swipe up. So um, even if you don't have 10,000 followers, you alleviates that problem. So you want to run it more specifically to that sort of medium. So if you're putting in stories, something like that, and you're if you're active on Instagram, we'd probably go gangbusters because it's like, well, it fits in. If I'm scrolling through stories and I see that, that fits in with what I expect to see. It's structured towards me. I'm someone who's interested in maybe getting my lashes done. And I see there my story. It's like, oh, cool. Yeah, swipe up and check it out. So that, that's what I would do to still use the same strategy, but then slightly adjust the tactic that I'm going to be using. Yeah, yeah, totally. I do exactly the same. Um, when it comes to Messenger or DMs on Instagram, how important are they after, say, you're sending them from an ad to there? What is the conversation supposed to be like? Ideally, it's meant to be, I'll say like human-ish. The first message or two for most people, I don't mind if it's kind of automated, but if I feel like I'm having, like if it's blatantly obvious, like, hey, this is a bot, which is just an automation, like choose your own adventure type thing. Mm -hmm. Absolutely cool with that. But if people think they're talking to someone, try and make sure that it's natural. Try and make sure that it, if it is you, like they, they know. And then it's quite easy to, because I find that probably, and look, I'm going to be generalizing, but I find most of the time, especially on Messenger and DMs, I find that predominantly more, I found more ladies to use it. And also the age brackets probably not maxes out, but like up to 35 is quite prevalent on Instagram and uh, Facebook using messenger like quite prevalent like it's after the age it kind of got like the use seems to go down a little bit um but up to that if so if you if you have a service or product that serves as someone in that age bracket for um, any sort of treatment then i would say yeah like driving into there a lot of people just for some reason like to use it more they they enjoy it more and it's normally faster for them to get a response like you try and call them they never answer but if you send them a dm suddenly like they instantly respond to you yeah, I find conversations are so important because you can be a great marketer and get lots of people into your funnels or get their email address. But if the end of the day, uh, end of, uh, what is it called? The sales conversation is non, non-existent. And for example, I get that question a lot. Someone texted me to ask how much are my services? If you just send them back a number, that's just not enough. It's It's about starting the conversation and trying to, capture their attention and, and, and letting them know that you actually care and it's not just about the money, right? I have one last question when it comes to ads. I have spoken to Carissa Hill a couple of weeks ago and Carissa really swears by boosting posts and she has grown her business a lot with just boosting posts. Do you want to just explain the difference to me about either boosting a post or setting up an ad from scratch? What is the difference and why would you choose one over the other? Yeah. And look, 
there really is no difference. Um, and a lot of people, you know, I see like, and Chris is not like, I know Chris as well. And I had her on my podcast and stuff too. And um, a lot of people like, and she's done a very good job of kind of picking a fight between like boosting posts and ads when it's like, it's an ad, right? It's a page post engagement ad. So you can select and create a, I can boost the post by going through my ads manager and setting something up, or I can just hit boost post on my page. Now, the, a few of the differences are, depending on how you structure things, like a boost post is going to give you engagement on a post. So if you're someone who's good at really articulating and really engaging with people when it comes to your words and copy, of course, that's always going to go gangbusters. If you have something that's like a tremendous special, let's just say I was like, cool, actually, um, uh, free lashes when you come in for a spray tan or something like that, something like that, people are like, wow, this is going to be amazing is what my offer is going to be just boosting that post out and getting engagement on it is directly going to drive me more sales. It's going to drive me more website hits. It's going to drive me more messages and DMS because it's so good as an offer. So engagement makes sense. Mm-hmm. But I'm telling Facebook, I want engagement. So they go and try and drive as many people. So if you have a good offer on a post, it's going to go gangbusters for you. However, if you're like, if you were trying to drive someone to um, opt into a website, I would not do engagement because that's not going, that's not what I want from Facebook. I don't want people to engage on that post because my sale happens after they opt in and after I speak to them on the phone. So it's a very different objective that I'm looking for. So again, if you know what you want to achieve by running a Facebook ad, if you have a cool offer that you put out and you want to boost it, it's going to go gangbusters, which is just getting page post engagement. But if I want conversions, I, I want someone to go to a page, I want them to spend five minutes watching a video that where I talk about how I can help them and then I want them to register. That's a completely different objective that I want to be driving. I wouldn't be doing a page post engagement or boost post on that because I want people to go and take the steps that I want them to take. So again, when you, when you pay money to Facebook, you literally get what you pay for. So if you go and choose page likes, they're going to give you page likes. If you want awareness, you'll get awareness. If you want engagement, which is what boosting a post is, you'll get engagement. But if you want website hits, if you want, if you only want messenger, like engagement and messages inside of messenger, or you want conversions, you want to track that really effectively. That's not, that's not going to be the best option for you. But for most people, if you have a small budget, small local area, and you put out a killer offer, boosting a post or getting page post engagement is, is going to work and it's going to be fine. Absolutely fine. And you don't really need any of the crazy sophisticated ways because you only have one objective, which is engage with my killer offer and then buy my killer offer, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's really, really awesome. I think our viewers or listeners would have gotten a lot of gold nuggets from it. And I think, you know, Facebook ads or Instagram marketing sales, I could literally talk or record podcasts every week. You know, yeah. there's so much more in-depth stuff that we, we could never cover. And of, of course, the how-to is a lot more difficult as well. But um, if you are ready, I'm going to ask you three more personal questions, if you don't mind. Sure. Getting to know the, the old Kim Barrett a bit more. Easy done. <laughs> so 2020 was a bit of a doozy for a lot of people, but I always like to keep it light. You know, positive flow, positive energy. What has been your biggest win in the last 12 months? We've had a few. So um, honestly, we've been pretty blessed in that we haven't really had any negative effect on where we, where we live um, in Western Australia. Um, so yeah, 
probably arguably the best responsiveness in, in, in the world and um, in dealing with everything. So in this time when everyone else has been gone crazy, we've moved into a new office, which is like we moved from 145 square meter office to a 511 square meter office with a podcast studio, with boardrooms, with like, like amazing, like couldn't have really dreamt that was going to happen. Um, and we've also on the back of that had some of our like, our biggest months ever in the history of our company is our fifth year in business have been in the last three months. So um, for us, it's like, it's, it's been a, a lot of big wins. And as a byproduct of that, we've been able to help a lot of people. Like we, our ability to help people has incrementally grown, um, which has been good because we've also been able to do some, I kind of call it support projects where it's like people have been like, Hey, like, you know, like I've been hit in the face with this. Can you help with this? Hey, you know, this is causing me a problem. Can, can you guys help? And, and a lot of the times the people, because of some of the craziness, haven't had the money to. So we've been able to give back a lot more, which I always love doing as well. And that's always good fun for me. Yeah, that's awesome. It just goes to show how many more people are going online because they need to yeah. find something else to do. Because I think the whole world is a little bit in a state of having to reinvent themselves and their businesses. You know, it was very similar for Lash Tribe. It was our biggest quarter, last quarter. Mm. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, another question is, <laughs> it's a bit of a funny one, and I got it out of the top asked podcast questions. <laughs> so if in 150 years, science fails us, and all that is left is a book um, with your name on it, so the Kim Barrett book, what would be the title and what would the blurb tell us about Kim Barrett? Oh, that's a good question. Um, the title would probably be like something like my life in pictures. And it would just be a whole bunch of cool pictures of all the people I've met, my family, the things that I've done, the people that I've seen, the people that we've been able to help. And uh, in every part, it would just be about cool. How did I contribute to that old society that existed before the world disappeared. Like, and how was I able to make a difference? That would probably be the title and, uh, and what would be in that book. I love that. That's so good. Life and pictures. I would prefer that as well. Cause I don't like reading that much. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a podcast <laughs> listener and looking at things visually. Yeah. And yeah. then my last question to finish off the podcast is exactly the same question that you ask all of your guests as well. Um, if you were in my shoes and you were sitting right here interviewing yourself, mm. what is one thing you would have asked yourself? I would have said, Kim, is that a green screen behind you? It kind of <laughs> looks like one. It's legit, guys. It's legit. This is, this, that's a real road out there. Um, no, in, in all seriousness, I probably would have asked something like, what's the, what's the magic pill? Because everyone kind of thinks that there is one. Um, and, I would, and I would just say, it's like, look, the magic pill is hard work. The magic pill is consistent effort, like, you know, and, and getting people around you that will, will be able to support you and help you. So it's like, cool, if you're trying to grow, by yourself, it's not going to be the best way because yes, you can get there. If you're trying to go to the top of Mount Everest, yes, you can get there by yourself. Absolutely. However, it's probably safer. It's probably more effective and you're less likely to die if you get a Sherpa to help you go up there. So if you're trying to grow your uh, business at the moment, like, and you don't have a coach, speak to Julia, like get a coach, get someone to help and support you that's been there, done that, got the t-shirt, sold the t-shirt, um, and now has a Shopify business selling t-shirts, right? Like get someone that's actually done all the stuff to, to help you and give you support because there's no magic pill and trying to do it yourself is, um, is a way to get there, 
but it's much longer, much more painful, stressful, and has more hair loss, right? Um, doing it yourself rather than trying to get the support of someone that's already done it. So that would be my question and, and answer that I would have asked. Yeah, that's awesome. And that's exactly why I'm in the mastermind for the second year. It's just social media is evolving so much and this has changed a lot in the last five years, especially. So for me, it was important to learn it from someone like yourself and be surrounded with like-minded people with the, the same kind of needs and wants in their lives, like high vibe entrepreneurs. And I think it's so important to surround yourself with the right group of people in order to step forward in, in your own self and your business. Um, if people want to reach you, maybe just give them a little bit of a spiel about the mastermind. Now that I'm speaking about it, what is the Mogul mastermind? Yeah. So it's all really for, as you mentioned, it's like bringing together amazing, great people that want to do good and really not only become moguls of their industry, which is a term I always like to use, but like be, you know, I like to work with people that are at the top of their industry or want to get to the top and make a difference and help people and impact like everyone that we have in our community wants to help other people and wants to be great. You know, it's like, cool. It's like the Chicago Bulls. Um, you know, I've been watching a lot of the, we watched the last dance as an entire company recently and I've watched it again um, just the other day. And it's like, like we're basically building the Chicago Bulls of business owners. So people that want to come together and be the best in the world and help everyone else along the way. Um, and that's what we do. And we meet every quarter and, you know, like fingers crossed touch wood, we'll be back to in-person events start of next year um, at the time of recording this, where we bring people together two days of great world-class content. And I get people from all over the world, you know, coming up in the next one, we've got um, the best person in the world on systems who Michael Gerber wanted to give his company to him, who authored the e-myth because he's so good at creating and managing systems. We've got um, Tony Robbins, number one sales coach, who has done over nine figures in coaching sales, um, coming and talking about sales. And then we've got um, another legend who's um, leading the forefront in this, getting into the state of flow. So whether that be for your business or your personal life or your health, how do you get into momentum and flow so that you can actually you know, turn up on those days when you feel like it's you know, feeling a bit crappy, like I just don't want to do something. How can you turn that around in a second and get into a good state of flow so you can you know, do more and achieve more and help more people? So that's the sort of stuff that we like to do over two days. And then on a final day, we normally go into implementation. I bring my whole team in, I take them off everything else, off the tools, and then they come and they sit and support and help you. you know, if you want to get ads up, you get ads up. You want to get copy written, you get copy written. You want to learn about sales, you learn about sales. You need a new logo or some graphics done, we get that done so that you don't just sit and learn and be like, mm, that's good. And then you've got to go home and suddenly you have to go and do all this stuff. It's like, cool. no, that's like start getting, you know, GSD, getting stuff done straight away so that when you go back it's like cool now i've got momentum to get me through the next quarter so that's what we uh that's what we do in the mogul mastermind yeah i love it and i can't wait it's coming up in a few weeks i'll post the link in the show notes so you can check it out before we are running it and i was lucky enough to invite one guest as well awesome well thank you so much for coming on kim this was awesome and um any questions let me know let kim know your socialvoice.com and also check out the kim barrett show number one business podcast in australia i think at the moment Ooh, ooh. Sure, I'll take it. I'll take that. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. And I will see you at the next Lash Tribe show. Bye. -bye.